0: Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Randy Mitchell. Jesus said to his disciples, ye are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Salt and Light confronts the difficult and often controversial issues that affect today's culture. The only hope for this generation is for more people to follow Jesus Christ and for his followers to be salt and light in their community. Pastor Randy will discuss the Bible solutions to help us know what God says about the problems we face today. Salt
1: and Light is a ministry of Temple Baptist Church in Statesville, North Carolina. Here's your host, Pastor Randy Mitchell. Happy Tuesday morning. Welcome to Salt and Light. It is a pleasure to be with you here today. We appreciate you tuning in. I've got a very special guest with us here today, Pastor Tony Fox. Um who is um, formerly pastor of Command Baptist, still involved in the ministry there at Command, even though there's a new pastor there. I guess Pastor Emeritus, is that official title, but uh, still preaching, still pastoring, still ministering to people. And so as far as I'm concerned, we'll just call you Pastor Tony or Pastor Fox. We're delighted to have you here on Salt and Light. How are you doing this morning, brother? Doing good. Thank you for having me today. Well, it is certainly our pleasure. Now, I left the house. uh, I just had one of those mornings where just everything was kind of frantic and things kept coming my way, distracting me. So I was running a little bit late and and, uh, leaving the house in a frantic mode. I got about halfway here and realized that I forgot my eyeglasses. So the live stream viewers here that are watching, it's like, oh, did Pastor Mitchell get contacts? No, no. I just... uh, just don't have my glasses on so you're looking really good today brother oh, <laughs> poor guy that can't see huh? yeah, no I, actually I, my vision's fine i can read and my problem is i have an astigmatism and so everything's just slightly blurry and so if i read a lot which being in the ministry we read a lot and uh, if i don't wear my eyeglasses then i get eye strain and headaches and all of that but uh, yeah i can see just fine so don't panic anybody i'm everything's just fine well brother tony uh, i want to start out with a verse here and this is actually a verse that i'm going to do my bible thought uh, for the the day this week on and uh, i thought that it was very appropriate for what we're going to talk about here today it's found in philippians chapter number one and verse number six Uh, god's word says being confident of this very thing that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And uh, here in just a minute, I wanna have you share your salvation experience with our listeners. Uh, Whenever I have preachers on, I always am delighted to have the opportunity for them to share their salvation testimony. It's just, there's nothing better than hearing how people came to Jesus Christ. But this verse here says that God is the one that begins good works in us. And so we're gonna talk about how God begun a good work in you. And as the uh, broadcast uh, progresses here this morning, we're going to talk about how God continues to work in our hearts and lives. And it's an amazing thing that God does indeed work in us. And so having said all of that, uh, tell our listeners how you came to Jesus Christ, Brother Tony. Well, uh, it was uh, 1975, March 16th, uh,
0: over in Command Baptist Church, over in the old building. Um, Dawn and I had been married a year, and I was a good little Southern Baptist, and by the way, I'm not against Southern Baptists, but I was a good little Southern Baptist boy that was baptized when he was nine years old, and um, from everything everybody told me, I was a Christian going to heaven, mm-hmm. but when I entered high school, something happened. And uh, by the end of high school, I knew I wasn't a Christian. So, uh, matter of fact, the pastor that married us asked me this question, are you a Christian? And I said, yes. And he said, I thought so. And that was the end of it, and he married us. But uh, we had a pastor, uh, interim pastor at the time, Richard Byrd, I think he's from Caldwell County, and uh, he was uh, preaching for us, and one morning, uh, boy, the Holy Spirit, and he had been doing this for weeks, but I'd sit back there and white knuckled the pew, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you know, you're not saved, you need to go forward. And so uh, Reverend Bird gave the invitation, and held on as long as I could, but I took off to the altar about the third stanza of that song, and when I got down there, I told him I said, "I'm supposed to be a Christian, but I know I'm not, and I need somebody to show me how so we dropped to our knees there on the uh altar at Command Baptist, and he walked me down the Romans road mm-hmm. and uh when he did, um, he got to Romans 10, and verse 9, 10, 11, and 13, and said, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Do you want to be saved? And I said, Certainly, I want to be saved. Well, I was crying like a, I mean, you <laughs> know, I, I'm not an emotional person. I say I'm not. I'm more emotional now than I was then. But um, so I asked the Lord to save me that morning. I didn't know what everything that was going to happen after that but uh he did and my father-in-law came down and grabbed me by you know hugged me around the neck and he said are you sure now and i said yes sir i'm sure he said good i'm glad amen and so uh, that was my salvation experience and again little did i know what god was going to do
1: so other than just what you experienced there at the altar when you asked the lord to save you and so forth could you tell the difference in your life after that? Yeah, I
0: didn't. Know, I didn't know Second Corinthians five seventeen then, mm-hmm. but when I got to the point where I was studying the Scripture, and you know, and the preacher would preach on that and things like that, and I'm thinking, there you go. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. and Behold, all things are become new. Right. And that was happening in my life. Um, just. On a weekly basis and then a daily basis
1: yeah when you read that it wasn't like a a ho-hum truth it was like wow that's me i exactly i am experiencing that from the word of god in my life it's real it's experiential
0: it's so real that as a pastor whenever i preached and people come to be saved i expected to see a difference in their lives Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I'm not saying that they're not saved, you know, but uh, I have questioned a lot of them over the years because I know what happened to me and I know what the Bible says. Mm -hmm. And both of those two things working together, show if a person's saved or not.
1: Well, I know when we compare our life, our personal testimony, with what the Scripture says, there are a lot of people that have to really ignore some bible truth in order to feel confident that they're saved you know like you said you you grew up a good little baptist i i grew up very similar i grew up in a southern baptist church and a lot of the preaching and teaching that i heard out west i can't you know you can't uh, you can't judge every church based on its title or its uh, affiliation or what have you but the churches that i grew up I got the gospel message. I heard about Jesus Christ, but it was just very watered down and weak. The consistency in people's lifestyles just wasn't, it didn't demonstrate that when you get saved, you're a new creature. There wasn't any real holiness and a lot of hypocrisy, to be quite honest with you. And it wasn't like I said, oh, they're just a bunch of hypocrites. I just didn't, there just wasn't anything really to convict me of my own lifestyle. And so we'll talk more about this right after the break. Welcome back. Uh, We are here with Pastor Tony Fox, and we're talking about God beginning a good work in us and performing it until the day of Jesus Christ. Uh, In the previous segment, uh, Pastor Fox told us about how he came to know Jesus Christ as his Savior, Uh, thought he was saved, grew up in a Baptist church and thought he was okay. But you were how old were you again when you got born again? Uh, 19. Okay. So he was 19. He's here and preaching. He's under conviction and uh, took about three verses of the invitation song. You know, it, it's, it's really good for me to hear that because sometimes, especially nowadays, Brother Fox, when I'm given an invitation and it just seems like nothing's moving, You know, we'll sing a couple verses and it's just like, you know what? Nobody's coming forward and I'll just shut it down. Maybe I need to be a little more patient. There might be somebody out there like you that I can't see their white knuckles gripping the pew back in front of them. And maybe God's working. You know, it took three three verses until you finally came down. So uh, that kind of uh, spoke to my heart while you were giving that testimony.
0: Well, in, in, in thoughts about that. Um, My mama told me when I went into ministry, I tell a lot of preachers I have that some of the best advice I got was from my godly little old mother. And my mother said, Tony, you get up there and preach, and you preach until the Holy Spirit tells you to stop. And if he tells you to stop, you close your Bible, sing a hymn, go home.
1: Mm.
0: And what I'm saying by that is your spirit... Led man. And I think sometimes, yeah, it could be routine, you know, to give the invitation and that kind of thing. But sometimes the Holy Spirit puts a little unction right there and mm-hmm. says, you know, you're not done yet. Mm-hmm. And so I think, um, you know, that preacher was listening to the Lord that day and he did, and I went forward. So I think that's what we have to do. I mean, yeah.
1: You know, on the <coughs> flip side of that argument, if you want to call it an argument, is that uh, even if, let's say, he would have shut down the invitation, uh, there was always, you know, God knew what he was doing in your heart. He's not going to put you in hell just because a pastor didn't, uh, you know, didn't get it just exactly right and didn't extend the invitation. I'm, I'm, I think there's a huge responsibility there, but sometimes as preachers, we, we, we put a little bit too much on emphasis. ourselves, we just read yeah. there that it's God that begins a good work, and so, uh, you know, the salvation process. All we are is just messengers that deliver the mail. God does uh, everything in the salvation process, no doubt about that. Well, and that's
0: that's sort of where I came to. I told you that I was something was different uh, in my life um, the last couple of years. I began to be. More intentional with my bible reading Bible study, and spending time with God was got to the point where it wasn't just to get three sermons a week, but it was that I needed it mm-hmm. I needed to get close to him to hear him to know him, to understand him, to love him and um, and so um that's where I am right now, um, and I don't know how we got a part on that. I didn't mean to go there, but what I'm saying is is uh, men of God need to be men of God, mm-hmm. and they need to preach God's word as it is to people as they are, but they need to also walk with God
1: mm-hmm.
0: and be as close to him as they can and like you said understand the point is that god begins the work and he'll perform it i love that yeah i wish i could have written like the
1: apostle paul i uh, it takes but, a lot of pressure off of us sometimes we feel like that we have to do everything and you know it's all about our human diligence and i appreciate what you're saying i think there's an occupational hazard to pastors it's kind of like uh, and i and i can't speak for all auto mechanics but it's almost a, a cliche people talk about the auto mechanics car uh, a lot of times they spend all day fixing other people's cars at the end of the day they don't want to fool with their own right and it's the same way in the ministry we we prepare sermons and We're leading and we're counseling and we're doing all those things and if we're not careful and I've been there you know it is an occupational hazard we end up taking God for granted and while we are ministering to others and quote-unquote serving God that doesn't necessarily mean that we are close to God we're not necessarily in and I find myself kind of it's kind of a cycle in life where you know just the, the the pressures of ministry uh, the preaching the teaching the uh, the leading the administrating and all of that it can make you feel like well all, my whole life is surrounded around God but it's around God not necessarily with God and right. it's just it's easy it can happen so easily and we have to be very very careful
0: well and I think too uh, Pastor Randy having godly examples of pastors that have gone before you, and um, that's been a big thing in my life, especially the last several years. Uh, the pastor of Command Baptist for 30 years was Pastor Jim Morgan, and um, and he was my mentor from a distance, uh, and for 30 years, and so. Um, when I got there and saw him, and then I used to get a, some of the tapes from the nineties and go there in my study and listen to him and hear mm-hmm. that man of God preach, and um, but I knew his heart, and and he was a Micah six eight man, mm. and uh, you know. Anyway, when I saw him and the example he was, and I'll give you an illustration of this. It, well, it was either at my first or second church. Uh, Pastor Jim ended up in the hospital with an inoperable cancer between his lungs. And, uh, and the only thing that can be really said about it is was a miracle that he lived. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he did it the Bible way, called them into the church and that kind of thing, but that's not the point. I was in a uh, a small church, and so I went over to see Pastor Jim Baptist Hospital, Winston-Salem. And uh, I was crushed, you know, and you know didn't know what to say, what can I say when I do. So I walk in the room, Jim Morgan's sitting up in the, his bed, hospital bed, reading. Um, Uh, J.I. Packer's Knowing God. Mm. And he said, Tony, you ever read this book? And I said, no, sir, I haven't. And uh, he said, let me read something to you. And he said, when I was a young pastor in my 20s and 30s, I want to be the best preacher that I could be. And so I practiced that. He said, when I got to my 40s and my 50s, I wanted to be the best pastor I could be. So I practiced that. He said, when I got to my 60s, I just wanted to know God. And me and him sat there and cried, thinking about that. You know, here's a man, (laughs) pastored all his life, sort of like what I have now, Mm -hmm. and got to that point in his life when he just wanted to know God, and he looked at me and he said, Tony, I just want to know God. And I'm thinking, well, Jim Morgan, you pastor Command Baptist Church 30 years. And now he's saying, I want to know God. Well, I'm at that point. Yeah, I see what he was talking about now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And there's more to uh, being a Christian and there's more to being a pastor and preacher or whatever than delivering sermons and caring for people and doing all the things that we do. Um, there's that not just a knowledge of God. And that's what we did, right? We studied theology. Mm-hmm. No, it's not just a knowledge of God, but it's like Paul would say in Philippians 4, that I may know him mm-hmm. and the power of his resurrection and fellowship of his suffering.
1: Well, I'm getting ready to turn uh, 58 here in just a couple of weeks. And so I think I'm, I think I'm getting close to that stage in my life in ministry. I don't think I'm there yet. I just got to be honest and transparent. I, when I was younger in the ministry, it was all energy and ambition. You know, it's like, hey, this is what... And, and it wasn't necessarily self-ambition. It was the ambition based on burden and responsibility of thinking that this is what God expects of me. Mm-hmm. And so you labor, and, 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 and then sometimes you... Like Paul said, he said, I fear lest I have bestowed upon you labor in vain. And so you go through these cycles where you have hope and expectation. You're planting the crop, spiritually speaking. Uh, You get a little bit of harvest here and there. Uh, I think we're in a day and age of gleanings, no doubt about that. We're not seeing big harvests. We read about it in last generation and the generation before and so forth. So some of it we have to accept that the results are not gonna be what they used to be and uh, and it's not always because we're failing but then you know it, something happened maybe 10 years ago that you start going from ambition and energy to ambition and then discouragement and then you know you get right with god you get back to ambition and you just kind of oscillate going back and forth you know battling our own frustration with self Uh, spiritual battles around us you know you feel like that you're just getting you're just getting to that peak where God's going to do something and then the devil or something comes along knocks you back down to the bottom of the mountain and you should I try again well you know finally God gets a hold of your heart we get back on track and we start climbing that mountain again and uh, I think that I'm getting to that point where I, I don't think that climbing up the mountain to get knocked back down, to climb back up the mountain, I, I, I don't think that I can just do that forever. When I was younger, I thought, you know, I thought, well, this is life and ministry. But eventually you get, uh, you go through that cycle. And not only is that a cycle for ministry, I think that's a cycle that believers go through in life. And uh, I think ultimately, if we, if we would all listen to your advice and maybe not wait till we're 60 or 70 and say, you know what, I need to start knowing God better rather than worrying about what all I think that God wants me to do. It's it's more about being than it is about doing. Well, Brother Tony, this has really been a blessing. I'm looking forward. We got two more segments left here in Salt and Light. Can't wait till, till uh, after the break to talk more about this. Randy Mitchell here, joined by Pastor Tony Fox. Uh, Last segment, we finished out, Brother Tony, talking about uh, just some of the different challenges and transitions that we go through in ministry. And uh, I'm sure there might be some ministers out there that are are listening. Maybe we said some things that uh, would be a help and an encouragement. Sometimes just knowing that there's someone out there that can relate to what I'm going through. And a lot of times... Uh, A lot of times, pastors, it's a very lonely place. We sometimes feel like that nobody really understands what goes on in our heart and between our ears. And, uh, you know, sometimes even our spouses, they they do understand, but yet they don't, they can't completely understand. And thank God we have a God that understands, and that's why we have to draw nigh to him. But uh, even for people listening that aren't in ministry, I think that it's good. You know, pastors need to understand their people but the people need to understand their pastor as well. And that's what makes a a church experience uh, positive and helpful is when there is that love and unity and charity among people where we have an understanding and we have an acceptance of one another. Uh, None of us are perfect. Uh, I know beyond any shadow of a doubt that I am far from being perfect. And sometimes it's hard to look in the mirror and uh, accept myself because I see and I know my imperfections and uh, you know we always feel like that we're falling short and the fact of the matter is all have sinned and come short of the glory of God and that's where Jesus Christ comes in the Bible says that if we're born again we are accepted in the beloved and brother Tony being accepted is what all of us want we want some kind of acceptance and we don't get it from everyone We you'll never get it from everyone but if god accepts me then maybe i can if god accepts me maybe i can accept the fact that others don't accept me because god's enough and at the end of the day if god's not enough then it doesn't matter if everybody in our life demonstrates acceptance but we know from experience that that acceptance is uh, not always going to be there because we're all a piece of work in one way or another we're all sinners and uh, that's where the gospel of Jesus Christ is so valuable. Well, you shared your salvation testimony at the beginning of the broadcast. We talked a little bit about ministers uh, coming to that point in life where we just need to know God. Let's talk to believers now. Uh, just the not necessarily ministers, but anyone out there listening, saved or not saved. If 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 a person's not saved, we read uh, there, Philippians chapter 1, that being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you. If if you're not saved and you're listening, you need to let God begin that good work in you. He wants to. He wants to save you, and maybe you know the gospel, you've heard of Jesus Christ, but you've never come to that point of Romans chapter 10 where you have personally in faith called upon the name of the Lord to save you I would say to you read Romans 10 uh, just get by yourself prayerfully say God show me what I need to see read Romans chapter number 10 you'll find what you need to do just crystal clear there in Romans chapter number 10 but for those listeners that are saved brother the Tony we want to talk about drawing closer to the Lord how, how do we do that? I, I know that every believer wants to, I want to, but we all struggle and sometimes it's just, uh, just fine and I, I think that it's certainly more than a formula, but a lot of times people need to know, it's like we, we talk about these general things, well you need to get closer to God. Well, how do I do that? I think that we need to know where we start. Well, um, drawing close to the
0: Lord, first of all, it's got to be a deliberate thing. Um, I mean, uh, when you when you think about this and listen to this, what uh, is said in Psalm one thirteen three, from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Uh, the kind of activity, uh, this kind of activity, is is not the same as going to church three times a week. Um, I'm not saying that we shouldn't go to church three times a week or even more if. If it's, if it needs to be, uh, what I'm saying is is that um, faithfulness and obedience are primary for the serious child of God. But there there comes a time when, in our lives, there is more than just going to church. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, we can use that and say, well, you know, I go to church every Sunday and everything's okay. But there, it has to be like Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus. I mean, um, you know, we have to seek the Holy Spirit to illuminate our eyes and our hearts so we can understand wondrous words from the truth from his word. Mm-hmm. And all of these are scriptures that are in the Bible. And so if I want to know him, uh, and I want to walk closer with him. And, and when I walk, think about walking closer... I think about Enoch, the man who walked with God so much that one one day he was walking with God and God said <laughs> to him something like, hey, Enoch, it's closer to my house than it is to your house. Let's <laughs> just go on home. And he was not because God took him. Um, or I think about Abraham, the friend of God. Or I think about Moses walking with God or David, a man after God's own heart. Or Uh, You know, then when I get to the New Testament, I think about the Apostle Paul and all the scripture that he wrote, especially Philippians chapter three and uh, chapter four, where he talks about, you know, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death and, uh, you know, I just I'm overwhelmed when I read all of these and think I, I'm nowhere close to that, mm-hmm. and I want to be mm-hmm. closer to that, so it's got to be deliberately. I mean, you can't you can't do it unless you decide for yourself that's where I want to be.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So it's got to be deliberate, but it's got to be purposeful. <clears throat> and I'm reading in Daniel one eight, but the Bible says Daniel purposed in his heart.
1: There you go, mm. deliberate
0: that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Uh, Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. That's him responding to the king's edict for the children of Israel to comply. And the, 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 uh, the compilation was simply that they would, Eat the king's meat, drink the king's drink, and those kinds of things. And these four little Hebrew boys said, No, we won't do that. Mm-hmm. We purposed it in our heart mm-hmm. that we're not going to defile ourselves with the king's meat. And um, I think about Joseph. Uh, I think about Daniel uh, there, and then Joseph, I think probably the the greatest type of Christ in the Bible. And here's Joseph. He went from the pit to the palace and then from the palace to prison and prison um, back to a palace again. And in all of that, the Bible says that he walked with God. And so... um, Or God was with him, is the phrase that Mm -hmm. was used. Um, When I think of that, it's all intentional. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a point in our life where we have to get intentional about this. Um, Now about the pastor, pastor, I told our young pastor, he's forty six, but this is his first church. He was youth pastor twenty years. And I told our pastor, I said, Pastor, you got to be here 20 years. And he said, Why 20? I said, Well, you got to bury me one of these days, so you got to be here at least 20 years. And uh, but I told him, I said, Right now you're full of vigor. I know where you're at. You know you're you're full of, uh, buddy. You got it. You're going to go get it. And he is too. He's a go-getter. But I said, that's not going to last forever. And so now I think my pastor is a godly pastor. I, no doubt about that. I believe his heart is like that, uh, concerning the Lord wanting to walk with him. But I think that we have to get to that point where the Holy Spirit speaks into our hearts and saying, Come apart here. Sort of like Jesus with his disciples let's come apart in the desert for a while. Mm hmm. And and they missed it too when they were in the desert. <laughs> yeah,
1: but I think often that that term being deliberate and that doesn't mean that it's on us. It just means that God's not gonna work against our will. He's gonna work with our will. He's gonna work in response to our faith. He's not gonna overpower us. He's not a controlling God. He's a gentleman. And he says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. He's calling us unto him. He's calling us to salvation. He's calling us to service. And his hands are stretched out in love, but he is not a controlling, he's not going to, you know, grab you and force you to do his will. He wants us to love him, to follow him, to walk with him just like Enoch. I heard a pastor one time preaching about Enoch and he said that uh, that God was just uh, Enoch was walking with God and God just was enjoying it so much that uh, he said, you know, Enoch, I've enjoyed spending time with you this morning. Why don't you come on up here and spend the rest of the day with me? Mm -hmm. And of course, there's no night in heaven. So he's he's been there ever since. But uh, walking with God, we walk with God through uh, reading his word. We walk with God through prayer through just our heart being in fellowship, we walk with God through serving Him. And it's not all nuts and bolts. There's a spiritual side of that that you can't really put it into a formula. Right. It's just a it's a it's a heart's desire and it has to be deliberate. James four eight says uh, the Lord says draw nigh unto me and I will draw nigh unto you. Sometimes we have to initiate it. Listen, everything that we need, God's already initiated it when he sent his son to die on the cross for our sins for god so loved the world we don't have to wait for god to say i love you he's already said it he's waiting for us to respond to that love and to love him back uh, we're going to we're going to follow and we're going to serve whoever we love and uh, that's really part of the problem that we have in christianity today is there's just there's a lot of love loss uh, people are too busy and too many different things dividing the heart dividing the affections and what we need to do is start setting our affection on things above rather than all these all this stuff below is just temporary it's it's going to waste our life if we're not careful we're going to take a break here and then our last segment is coming up here in just a minute and uh, i want uh, the, the next segment uh, will wrap up what we're talking about and then we'll talk a little bit about the ministry of Command Baptist Church. You mentioned your pastor. I'd like for our listeners to get to know a little bit more about him. So stay tuned, more of Pastor Tony Fox after the break. We're here with Pastor Tony Fox. We've been talking about uh, God beginning a good work in us and performing it until the day of Jesus Christ. Particularly, we've been talking about drawing closer to the Lord. And certainly, uh, if we are saved, we need to do that. And I would encourage, it's a deliberate thing, as we mentioned last segment. I wanted to say this before we move on and talk about your, your ministry right now, Brother Tony, and that is this, if God's if God begun a good work in us, it's like God's doing the construction project. Anytime you do a construction project, you first have to go get a permit. And that means that they are giving you permission to do that. I'm not saying that God has to have our permission to do anything in our life, but the way that God is, we read about him here in the Bible, is that he works in conjunction with our will. So we have to permit him, if you will, to work in our life, we've got to desire it. He's not, he will certainly, the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. He will give us those desires, but we all know from experience that we still have that old man living inside of us that has all the old desires as well. And not all those desires are, you know, sinful, evil things. Sometimes it's just being apathetic and apathy you know when we're apathetic eventually we're pathetic (laughs) that's just the way that life goes and so uh, god the whole time is being a gentleman and he is drawing us to him and uh, i I thank god for that Uh, even when i've not been faithful brother tony god has always been faithful and so it's been a joy talking about this with you here on our salt and light broadcast now as we wrap up this last segment i wanted you to uh, share with our listeners a little bit about i know many of the people in the community they know that you used to be the pastor of command baptist church that's what i've known you as for the last what 10 12 13 13 years or so and so i know that you've been a, a faithful man of god You've stuck with the book and and, uh, everybody that I have ever talked to that uh, has known you has had nothing but respect and good things to say as far as your your following the Bible and being a faithful man of God. And I appreciate that. You, uh, You retired or stepped down from the pastorate here a couple of years ago, I believe and um, Pastor Scott Whitman is now the pastor of Command Baptist. I haven't met your pastor. I've talked to him on the phone on a couple of occasions, and uh, just the time that I've talked to him, he just seems like a great guy. Tell our listeners a little bit about what you're doing ministry-wise, and a little bit about uh, Pastor Scott Whitman and the ministry of Command Baptist Church.
0: Well, my ministry now is, is one of support I was talking to uh, Brent Rochester, the Rochester's. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had called and uh, right after Pastor Scott came and and he wanted to come and do uh, have a, a day of worship there with the Rochester's and and I told him I said Brent, I'd love for you to come, but I'm not the pastor anymore. I'm gonna give you Pastor Scott's number and let you call him. And he said, "What are you doing?" And I said, "Well, I'm." I'm just staying here and trying to help pastor. And um, he said, uh, well, you know, not too many uh, preachers do that. And I said, yeah, I know. As a matter of fact, some of the candidates who had come to um, to command, uh, the, our men told them, uh, they said, well, what about the pastor? He said, well, he's going to stay. And they said, I don't want nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and that's been my experience too, and I'm sure yours too, that most of the time when the pastor leaves or when a pastor is, retires, he gets out.
1: You know, I, I know personally of some incidents where it was a tragedy that the former pastor stayed. And uh, I had, when I came uh, from Idaho to Statesville and uh, uh, Pastor Wilson asked me a, to to a candidate, the church voted me in, and so I asked him, I, you know, it was time to make decisions. I said, so what are your plans, Brother Wilson? And he said, well, he said, I'll probably I'll move on and I'll, you know, find a church around here where I feel that uh, that God wants me to go. And I, and I looked at him and I said, well, why, why do you feel that you need to do that? And he said, well, uh, Brother Mitchell, I wouldn't want to do anything to get in your way or to cause any problems. And, you know, I had been thinking about and praying about this and I had utmost respect for this man. And this man for 44 years was a faithful pastor. He started Temple Baptist Church. This was his church family. And I just thought about that. It's like, so now that he's old and he can't do it all, now we have to send him down the road? I'm not saying that I made. Now, in retrospect, I know that we made the right decision. I asked him to stay. I just looked him in the eye and said, well, will you? Will you get in my way? And I just wanted to hear him say it. He said, said, no. I said, well, I'm satisfied with that. I said, I would like for you to stay. I had friends in the ministry, so you're going to regret that. That's a disaster, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, you know, maybe you're right. Time will tell. But I just didn't have the heart to say to this man who is my, you know, my superior and my elder that, you know, I need you to get out of my way. You know, I'm going to show him how it's done. No, I, that just didn't seem right to me. And I can say that him and Brother Mac Pennell staying and being supportive of me being a new pastor, only the second pastor Temple Baptist has ever had, uh, two 30-plus-year assistants when I first came, Brother James Childress, Brother Terry TV Paw. I mean, this on paper looked like a formula for disaster. But I just thought, you know what? It just doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem fair to uh, affect these people's lives that have put their blood, sweat, and tear, their life into this ministry. And now that a new guy comes, you've got to hit the road. I just couldn't do that. And thank God, I think that God certainly blessed that. And these men were men of all of them that I just mentioned were men of ethics and they were godly men. And I look back, it's like that was one of the one of the smartest decisions that I ever made. But I didn't do it because I was smart. I just didn't have the heart to <laughs> to say you got to hit the road, and uh, God God was so faithful. And I see that in you being that support and being that loyal friend and uh, to Pastor Scott, and it just blesses my heart. And I certainly hope for his sake that you're able to be to him what these men have been, what they've meant to me. I, they're in heaven now, uh, Brother Wilson and Brother Pennell, and I miss them. Uh, I wouldn't say I think about it every day, but so often I think about them, and, uh, and I miss them, and I'm looking forward to seeing them again. I, I don't want to fail the Lord. Uh, I don't want to fail them either. I want to be faithful in carrying that baton that they have passed to me.
0: Well, I told, uh, <clears throat> I told Pastor Scott this when, we, when he interviewed. I asked the men if I could come into the meeting, and so they allowed it. And so when we were talking... And when he asked that question. He said, well, what are you going to do? And I said, Pastor, uh, if you'll allow me to stay, I'll stay and I'll, I'll help you. And he said, well, you know, that can be a good thing. That can be a bad thing. I said, yeah, it can be, but it won't be. I'm, I'm not going to be here to hurt you. I'll be here to help you. And so, uh, by the way, when Pastor Jim left command um he left 2 years uh, into my ministry there and uh he liked to kill me mm. and i asked him I said pastor jim please stay you don't have to what, you don't have to go anywhere you can stay right here now i need to get out of your way I need to get out of your way and anyway i asked him not to but he did and, and but it always he was always my pastor mhm and every time I saw him, it was pastor, and mm-hmm. we always honored him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, that's how much I love Pastor Jim. But uh, so these last uh, be two years in July, uh, I've just been a music director, uh, lead the choir. My wife plays the piano and uh, lead the congregational music. But um, what what I'm trying to do is help him um, I teach when he wants me to, and I preach when he wants me to.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then I have, I go and you know other churches. I'm preaching other places when mm-hmm.
1: they
0: need a fill-in. They call me, and I go. Mm-hmm. But um, all I'm trying to do now is just to uh, to to help him uh, in whatever it is he wants me to do. Don't do a whole lot. I mean. The guys are doing the stuff things are going on i stay out of the way and just uh try to be a blessing
1: amen i think that is that is a tremendous um example uh i I, i'm just so so thankful and blessed by what i just heard Uh, we've got some listeners out there that are perhaps maybe um christians they don't have a good Bible believing church to go to. Uh, what would you tell them about Command Baptist? Why should they come and visit Command Baptist Church?
0: Well, you'll always be welcome. You'll hear the Bible preached and you'll hear the gospel straight. And of course, you can be saved. You don't have to be saved at command, but we we would just uh, welcome you. Mm-hmm. You'll. you'll we're gonna treat you so many ways. You gotta like one of them. So, <laughs> amen. <laughs> uh, you'll enjoy Pastor Scott. Uh, amen. I'll say well, that
1: too. he seems like a, a, a guy who's real and genuine, and those are my kind of men. I, I love christians and believers that are just real what you see is what you get and uh, uh, my prayer is that god would bless his ministry and your ministry and the ministry of command baptist church folks if you're looking for a bible believing church you ought to check out command baptist church Uh, uh, see what god's doing there we appreciate you listening have a great rest of the day we appreciate you taking the time to join us at salt and light It is our desire that you experience the joy of following Jesus Christ. He loves you, and He died on the cross for your sins. He will give you hope, peace, and eternal life if you will repent of your sins and trust Him as your Savior. You may see yourself as a good person, but you will never be good enough to deserve heaven. You may see yourself as bad, but you can never be too bad for Jesus to forgive you. You can call upon Him to save you this very moment. If you are a born-again Christian, we want to encourage you to obey Christ's command and be salt and light to those around you. We encourage you to find a Bible-believing church that does not compromise or water down the Bible and get involved serving the Lord. If you have a Bible question or a particular issue you would like us to discuss on Salt and Light, visit our website at templebaptistnc.com. Click on the Salt and Light link. Once again, that's templebaptistnc.com. May the Lord bless you. We hope you'll join us again next week.